0: My name is Kenny Cannon, running for Smithtown School Board in May of 2022, and welcome to the One Vote Away podcast, where we talk about issues in the Smithtown School District and how I am going to fix them. If you're a parent or community member that wants to share your thoughts, shoot us an email at kennycannonsmithtown at gmail.com and I'll be glad to have you on the show to talk about whatever is on your mind. You can find out more about me at KennyCannonSmithTown.com or on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Smithtown or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Smithtown. I really hope to gain your support. Now let's get right to it. What's up guys it's Kenny Cannon here and in this episode we are going to be doing a board meeting breakdown from November 11th 2021. Uh, I was going to I actually recorded another one of these last night after the meeting was the meeting went on forever it was like three hours I, I went on and recorded one of these um, last night and what I did I decided to change it up a little bit because what I was doing was I was recording like I was I was sharing the audio from the meeting and then I was sharing kind of like what my feelings are about that that's this way you get to know like what i'm thinking and what kind of issues i'm going to be how i'm going to be voting on certain issues how i feel about certain issues but the problem is it became like an hour and a half thing so i you just watch a three and a half three hour board meeting you don't want to watch an hour and a half of me talking about what you just saw so what i decided to do is cut out the audio of the meeting and what i'm going to do is i have all of my notes from the meeting i'm just going to go bullet point by bullet point hopefully make this a 20 minute thing you can find out how i feel about the issues that were discussed last night and um, then we can, you know, you can go on with your day. Um, the big thing that I want to focus on here is the bond because the bond was mind-blowing last night, the issues about that. Uh, but we'll start off, you know, and I'll just, I'll just go right through the meeting. So at about nine minutes and 39, uh, uh, nine minutes, 39 seconds, somewhere around there, uh, there was talk about two public comment sessions. Um, I'm perfectly okay with that. It was clarified later on in the meeting that somebody can, this would, be, would have been the question I would have asked right away, can somebody, the same person, speak in both? Can they get three minutes in both sessions? And the answer to that question was yes, and that was clarified later on in the meeting. Um, and I, as long as that's the case, then I'm totally fine with it. Um, after that, we had John Savaretti, and I believe it was Michael Sadens and, and Matt Gribbon's talk. Uh, Matt Gribben talking about if people should reveal their names or you know, should there be a number system or they were kind of going back and forth about that. Um, my feeling on that is You should reveal your name at a public meeting. Um, I'm probably going to be running against Michael Sade, and I don't know who I'm going to be running against. There's two seats open, but I'm going to be running against. I agree agree with him on that. I I think that you should reveal your name. Um, The reason why I agree with that is because it's a public meeting, number one, but I think it's, here's the big problem, right? The big problem is that we're trying to solve a symptom to a major issue. The major issue is that the civility has been lost in the board meetings. And that's what i want to try to bring back i don't want people to reveal their names and then feel afraid that they're going to get like attacked or whatever i mean obviously i don't want that but i want to start bringing people together more i want people to feel comfortable yeah this is my name my name is kenny cannon this is what i stand for and that's it if you believe in what you're saying you should have no problem revealing your name that's the way that i feel about it and it also too equally as big of an issue it's going to hopefully prevent people from outside of the district. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that are trying to get involved in this school board race and the school board and school district, everything else that, that do not live in our district. And that is very concerning when you have outside influences doing that because they have no interest in the taxpayer of this district. They don't live here. So what do they care? So I want to make sure that people that speak at the meetings are, are from our district. I think the best way to do that is to, you know, make sure that people reveal their names and to the board, they give their name and address. Simple as that. Uh, Gribben was talking a little bit about possibly doing IDs or that he or that he experimented with that once. I don't know if we have to go that far. I don't think that's really necessary, but I think that name and address on a card, give it to the board, and then the person says their name and then they say their piece and then they're done. Um, so I agree with that. And I agree with that people should reveal their names. But I also agree that we should talk about a lot more about bringing civility back and, you know, Kind of, kind of turning the temperature down uh, in the room. We can disagree, but we don't have to attack each other all the time. Um, okay, the next thing that was talked about, and this was actually talked about numerous times uh, in the meeting, and I'm only going to mention it one time because there's no reason to go over it over and over again. I'm going to have a whole entire episode on this show uh, about this one topic, and that is diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's part of the CR- CRT umbrella. Uh, you have critical race theory, and then you have DEI, and then you have social emotional learning. It's all part of the same, it's all under the same umbrella. And really what I'm want to focus on is the word equity. The word equity is poison. What that basically, I'm not talking about like home equity or like a stock or whatever. I'm talking about equality in outcome. That is a major problem. Now, I don't wanna to get too far in the weeds here, but Chairman Mao, Joseph Stalin, and on and on and on, all wanted or tried to do equality in outcome. And they ended up killing 100 million people. Now I'm not saying we're there yet, but we're taking steps towards that. And and I don't I don't want to go down that path at all. I do wholeheartedly believe I believe everybody believes this, but I believe that equality in opportunity for sure. And I also believe that if a student is having a problem with something, they should have extra help and all that kind of stuff. But we can't be guaranteeing that the outcome of somebody's effort is going to be the same as somebody else's. Each person has their own individual skill set, their own individual um, you know, drive and work ethic and all that kind of stuff. So we can never guarantee the outcome. We can only guarantee that you're going to get an equal opportunity to get the outcome, and then we can provide you with extra help along the way to get better at whatever you're doing. But you may be below somebody else in one thing, but you may be ahead of those per- that person in another thing. You know, so it really depends on you and the, and the individual. So equality and outcome is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea, and that's what they're, when they talk about DEI and, and specifically the word equality. There, that's what they're talking about: equality and outcome, and that is really bad we should run from that as quickly as we possibly can all right next is the bond uh the bond stuff so, so it's about 38 minutes in and uh i just want to address really quickly it's a 120 million dollar bond and to be honest with you my biggest i i publicly on my facebook page and everything else before i was running i told people don't vote for the, the bond it's stupid don't don't do that it's really dumb i said it in facebook groups and everything else And the reason why I said that was not because I don't want kids to get new athletic fields or because I don't want, you know, lights in the school. That's not the reason why. The reason why I said that is because we don't have a money issue in Smithtown. We don't have a money issue. We are one of the highest taxed places in the country. If you can't survive on what you bring in through tax, quote unquote, revenue, you don't have a money issue. You have a management and a leadership issue, right? So let me give you an example. If somebody makes $50,000 a year and they spend $55,000 a year, they're basically broke, right? They're, they're, they're underwater. They're in debt, okay? If that person makes $100,000 a year, they're going to spend 110 dollars If they make a million dollars a year, they're going to spend $1.1. It's not a money issue. It's a money management issue. It's a leadership issue. It's a mindset issue. That's what it is. So to give these people another $120 million on top of what they got through the tax revenue and through the state aid is absolutely insane. What they bring in through taxes should be more than enough to do everything that they want to do. And they should have money left over, right? But, you know, it's government. That's what you get. That's what you get when you're in government, right? You just spend like crazy and nobody says anything. And that's, that's honestly the biggest problem with the budget is that I'm going to go through a couple points here, but it's like silence. As somebody the person who was doing the presentation on on, on the bond, the, the contractor or whatever, he said the most ridiculous thing. I've, I've been in business for 14 years. I deal with business people all the time, other entrepreneurs, whatever. This was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And if this was said in a business boardroom, not a school boardroom, he would have been thrown out. He would have been laughed at, ridiculed, and thrown out of the place. And I'm going to get to that in a second. So the next thing I want to touch on really quickly is the timeline. So that's about forty-three minutes in, or so. Basically, what they did with the bond is they passed the bond. They proposed it, then they they like they voted on it. They proposed it, they passed it, and then after they proposed it and passed it, one hundred twenty million dollars. Now they're trying to figure out how much money everything is going to cost. Right? They're not going to have bids until March in April. And that's in the board meeting. You can go and watch it. Think about this logically. Don't, don't don't think about it like a government official. Think about it logically. Have you ever gone and gotten a loan and then said, now I got a loan for $35,000. Let me go see how much the car costs. That never happens. Have you ever gone and gotten a mortgage and then said, okay, I got a mortgage now. So let me go and, and see what the house, how much the house is worth that I want to buy. No, you don't do that. You find out what the stuff is uh, costs, and then you go out and get, take, get the money for it, right? That's the way the real world works. The government world, though, I guess is the exact opposite. And I think the biggest problem that we have right now, or one of the biggest problems in this school district, and probably every school district, every level of government, probably, is that the people in the government spots, the people on the board, they're not saying anything about it. They're sitting there in silence. All seven of them are sitting there in silence, and that is a problem so the timeline is an absolute joke you need to know what things are going to cost before you go out and get the money for the things you're going to buy you can't go and get the money and then figure out what things are going to cost because then you can come up short or you can have left over you know money left over and then what are you going to do you're going to give the money back to the to the whoever issued you the debt no you can't do that you just got to eat it right that's the way it works so that's a major problem um 49 i think it was 40 oh no 44 sorry about 44 minutes in matt gribbon makes a comment about money from the state you want to know why your kids are in masks? It's not because of a mandate. It's because the the board took money from the state and basically signed away the rights to do anything locally. That's that's basically what it is. And there's a a comment uh, in the in the in the public comment uh, session of the meeting. There was a comment about that. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's made it about a, an hour and twenty five minutes in or so. It's on the second pages of my notes. But uh, a woman goes up, and I know who it is. I'm not going to mention any names in this though because they mentioned the names at the meeting. So why would I have to mention them here? A woman goes up there and talks brilliantly about the reason why there's a, there's, the, the kids are in masks. And it's because when they got the money from the state, they basically signed away all local control. And they promised or swore that they were going to follow whatever the state said. That's a major problem. That's a major problem. Now, I have a way to get out of it. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that. But that is a major issue. And again, we're sitting here and we're hearing these things. And nobody on the board is speaking up about it. No one's saying anything. Everyone's sitting there in silence just listening. And that's a major problem all right uh next we have the air conditioning this is this is my favorite part of this whole meeting the air conditioning so they're talking about air conditionings going into into the classrooms right and the person is up the contractor is up there and he says you know 400 and i remember the exact numbers 423 air conditioning uh, units need to be installed and uh, he's going through in-window air, like the, the kind you just put in the window and you shut the window and you put the little foam around it, plug it in the wall, put it on, that's it, right? Let's talk about those. And he says, we have to do 423 classrooms and the estimate is between 7 to $10 million. And I'm sitting there waiting. I'm like, okay, someone's got to say something about it. Like, this is, I, I, like, okay, fine. You don't say anything about the state aid. You don't say anything about diversity, equity, inclusion. You don't say anything about why the timeline on the on the bond is completely off. Someone's got to say something about this. The math on that is sixteen thousand five hundred dollars, and I'm estimating it's like sixteen thousand five hundred and fifty-four dollars or something. But sixteen thousand five hundred dollars per room for an in window air conditioning. Now, this person will say he says in the meeting. He says, "Oh well, we got to update the electric, and we got to update the you know maybe we have to like fix the window." for an in-window air conditioning that you could buy at Walmart for 300 bucks? Are you kidding me? I mean, this is the problem, and no one is saying anything. There is nobody on that board, nobody, zero, that are standing up for the taxpayer or and or the parent. Nobody, none of them. They're all sitting inside. Now, they may vote in certain ways or whatever, but when something like that comes up, to hear complete silence says a lot, in my opinion. $16,500 $16,500 per room for an air conditioning is absolutely insane. Now, I, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm saying to myself, okay, they're doing the air conditioning, and that's absolutely insane. You'd get laughed out of any business boardroom if he said that to anybody, but you're also doing interior doors. You're doing you know, fire alarm stuff, which if the fire alarm's broken, you got to fix the fire system, right? I mean, that's fire system and the, and the um, security system, stuff like that. He didn't mention security system, but I'm just saying those are vital areas. You got to fix those, whatever it costs. You got to keep the kids safe. But I'm thinking to myself, like you're doing doors inside, you're doing you know new turf at the fields and stuff. If the air conditioning is costing sixteen five, what are you doing with it? Is it, are you is it a thousand dollar door? Is it a two thousand dollar door? Like what are you doing with the doors? What are you doing with the? And no one's asking this question. No one is asked. No one is questioning this person at all. And it's just you know the the silence says a lot in my opinion. The taxpayer, the parent. You don't have an advocate on that board, and that's that's a major problem. And you know that's one of the reasons why I'm running because I am going to be the advocate. I, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a special interest. I'm not a group guy, right? I'm not. I'm not someone who's going to join this group and align with these people. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm aligning with the taxpayer and the parent. Simple as that. I'm going to stand up for the taxpayer and, ta- and stand up for the parent. That's it. I don't care what some group thinks of me or what some person that lives outside of the district. It doesn't matter to me. I'm focused on people that live here, that pay taxes here, that have kids in this school or don't have kids in this school and just live here and pay taxes here. The taxpayer and the parent. And I'm going to speak up for you guys every single chance that I get. This silence here says a lot about the people that are on that board. Okay, at about an hour and 19 minutes in, Michael Sadens makes a statement about the vaccine, um, I guess, I guess to keep things fluid, we'll keep it. We'll call it a mandate, but I do want to explain that. So, he talks about the vaccine mandate and how he is against the vaccine mandate. He doesn't mention that he's flat out lying to your face, but he does say that he's against the vaccine mandate. So, first of all, let's discuss this for a second. The vaccine mandate is not going to be a mandate. It's going to be a law. Now, it may be a mandate for a little while, but there is a bill in the assembly, and I again. I said this in the first episode of this show and i probably should have brought it inside but it's not with me right now there's a bill in the assembly and i am going to i actually posted on my instagram the, the bill number and the whole bill is there and i have it highlighted where it says it there's a bill in the assembly that was put in uh that was introduced in october that is adding covid 19 vaccines to the schedule of vaccinations that are required for public schools it's there you can look at it democrats hold supermajorities in both chambers of of the albany government in the government upstate and obviously they hold the governor's mansion right they hold the assembly they hold the senate super majorities in both and then they also hold the governor's mansion that bill is going to fly through the assembly and fly through the senate and the governor's going to sign it my concern and again th- this is this is my concern right not the current board's concern or some of them it should be but not satan's concern or not Catalano's concern this is my concern my concern is next school year because my vote is in may and I get seated in July. So I can't do anything about this year. I'm I'm sitting here behind a microphone talking to you on a podcast this year. Next year is where I'm concerned. When I am in there, it is going to be a law. It's not going to be a mandate. It's going to be a law. Now, they may mandate it in between there, but it's going to be a law when I sit down in that chair. So we have to figure out a way, and I have a plan to do this too. I'm going to do a whole episode on it, like the masks. We have to figure out a way to get around the vaccine law. Now, Michael Sadens is talking about how he is against the vaccine. Whatever. But the bottom line is you said the same thing about masks and you did nothing. If you're not willing to violate a mandate, how do we expect you to violate a law? If you're not willing to ignore or, or not enforce a mandate, how do we expect you to not enforce or or ignore a law? You're not going to do that. Okay? I have a way to do it. But he doesn't have the backbone or the spine to do it. And I don't believe any—well, not any. I shouldn't say anybody because John, Stacey, and Karen probably do. But the four outside of John, Stacey, and Karen don't have the backbone to stand up to the state when it comes to a mandate or a law. So for him to say that, it's like, you know, he's like flopping around like a bluefish on the deck of a boat in the middle of the sound. It's it's an absolute joke. All right. So now we have the public comment uh, session. I'm going to go through this quickly because a lot of this stuff is— was already covered like like somebody made a comment right in the beginning about DEI we already talked about that fantastic comment if you didn't watch it you should go and check it out the comment section was uh or session was was good and then there was a little bit of someone mentioned somebody's job which was dumb they shouldn't have done that and it was stupid and then you know that person came up and made a great comment but like it it was kind of like that person was trying to reveal what the other person was, where the other person was working. And then the whole thing just got out of control. So, you know, it, it was good. And then that happened. And then it kind of went off the rails a little bit, but DEI comment, fantastic. And then 125 thereabouts, someone made a comment about the COVID vaccine when it comes to taking money from the state, which is what I was talking about before. Gribben made a comment about that when it, when he was talking about the the air conditioning and, and the bond and everything. And that comment at 125 or thereabouts is fantastic. And it points out exactly what I was just saying. When you take money from the state and something like this, you sign your rights away. And that's why the kids are vaccinated. That's why the kids are masked. And that's why the kids are going to be forced to vaccinate unless you bring someone in there with enough backbone to stand up to the state and say no. I mean, that's that's just what it comes down to. All right. Uh, next public comment was domestic terrorists calling parents domestic terrorists. That bothers me probably not. I don't want to say more than anything else, but it, it that really gets me going. Because the problem is, you know, these parents that are in these meetings, and all parents, I mean, everyone in the district, every hopefully every parent, loves their kid or kids. They're speaking out for their children. They want what's best for their children. And I believe that on both sides of every argument. You know, you're, you're pro-mask or whatever. You love your kid too. You're pro-vaccine. You love your kid too. We just have different ways to get to the same result. The same result should be happy, healthy, educated, safe kids, right? That's what it should be, right? You want that if you're pro-vaccine, pro-mask, whatever. You want that. I want that too. I'm against those things, but I want that too. We want the same goal, but we're going, we have different ways to get there, right? Neither one of those parents are domestic terrorists. And to call them that when you have Antifa thugs burning down every city in the United States and no one says a word about it because quote unquote Antifa is just an idea is insanity. And it's insulting. And you know, you have this woman up there talking passionately about, you know, her kids and everything else and, and and what she's going through. And to be labeled as a domestic terrorist, you know, again, I'm just using her as an example because she, she's the one that said the comment, but everyone in the room to be labeled as a domestic terrorist is insane. And this is not some far away problem that happens in some other district. We were literally in the article. Our school board was in the video. I think it was uh, NBC News or something. We were the ones that were on it. There. there were other school boards too, but Smithtown was one of them. So this is not some far away thing. This actually it highlights our district when we talk about parents and domestic terrorists. So, you know, that just has to stop. There's no, and again, you have to have somebody on the board that's going to stand up for the parents. And you have to have somebody on the board that's going to go up there and say, wait a second, this is out of control. I'm not going to sit here and stand for it. You're not going to call our parents domestic terrorists. It's over. And there's nobody up there that has that does that. All right. Um, let's see. There's a couple of other ones that, that came up. Uh, parents attacking clubs. I, I love the guy that made this comment. I disagree with him on a lot of things, and if me and him ever talked, we'd probably disagree on more <laughs> than I actually think. But he's a guy I would love to talk to because he just he seems like a great guy. And and you know, one of the things I probably should have said in the beginning when we talked about the names and numbers and stuff, we have to learn how to disagree with each other and be friends. There's no reason why you can't disagree with someone and still be friends with them. You can have a spirited debate with someone and then shake their hand and move on. There's no reason to do that. This is a person here at about one... 36 or so an hour and 36 an hour and 36 minutes that I would have a fantastic conversation with I could be friends with this person I can hang out with this person I can go out and you know I don't drink but I can go to a bar and maybe have a ginger ale and he has a beer or whatever and you know we'll have a great time together have a good conversation we'll disagree but we'll have a good conversation he talks about parents attacking clubs now he goes into an example, and I don't really, I I don't know how true it is or whatever. I'm, I don't think the guy's lying, but I don't know the backstory, right? So it's something, a parent searched social justice on the internet, and there's a social justice club, and they use the definition of social justice to get the club, try to get the club shut down or something. I don't really know the backstory to it. The bottom line, though, is this. He goes on to say, if you want to start a pro-police club, start a pro-police club. If you want to start a MAGA club, start a MAGA club. Just don't shut other people down. I'm a thousand percent in agreement with him. You can't shut down the social justice club. Can't do it. I'm not a social justice guy, if you haven't gotten that by now. I'm not a social justice guy, but that doesn't mean I can tell somebody else who is a social justice person or whatever that they can't assemble, that they can't gather. Who am I to tell them that, right? Now, here's the thing. Just stay away from my club, my pro-police club, my whatever. Like, whatever it is, right? My other side club. Just stay away from mine, and we'll stay away from yours. And if we meet in the hallway, we'll just say hi to each other. Why is there a problem with that? All right. So fantastic uh, comment by that person. And he gave another really, I don't want to say it's a great comment, but he he was talking about his, his uh, I think it was his son, but I don't really remember, um, being bullied in some way, shape or form. In I think it was the last meeting or the meeting before that. Actually, last meeting was virtual. So it was the meeting before that one. And it was a, a heartbreaking comment that he was talking about. And um, you know, one of the things that I'll say here is that, no matter what, no kid should ever feel in danger going to school. You know, I think what we have to understand is that in this town, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but it probably happens less here than it happens in other places. But there are kids in this town, and in every town in the United States, in every town in the world, where their only safe place is a school. We have to remember that they're only sa- they they're not safe at home. They're being abused. They're being hit. Whatever it is, they're they're. The only safe place that they have is the schoolroom. So we have to make sure that no matter what, I don't care what they believe, what they look like, what they dress, the purple hair, gray hair, green hair, shaved head, no head, it doesn't matter. Every single child must feel safe when they enter those doors. And if that is not, if it's one child, if that is not happening, we have a problem. I don't care who that child is. I don't care how old. It could be a senior in high school. It could be a kindergartner. If somebody does not feel safe in this school district, everything must stop to grind to a halt and we must solve that problem immediately because every child must feel safe when they walk into the school room because there's a lot of kids out there where that's their only safe place. And that's something that just breaks my heart. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big supporter of an organization called Operation Underground Railroad. I, I just ran a 5K for them the other day. Um, I do a lot of fundraising for them and stuff like that, and uh, it's a fantastic organization. You look them up, and it's just keeping kids safe is something that really is, like, a major passion in my life, and that's one of the main reasons why I'm doing this because I believe that kids are in danger with the vaccine and with the mask and with the way that they're being taught and everything else, and, you know, when it comes to safety and security in the schoolroom or in the, you know, in the classroom, we have to make sure that kids feel safe going to school. We have to make sure that kids feel safe going to a teacher if they have a problem, going to a guidance counselor if they have a problem. If they feel afraid, everything else stops. The bond stops, the CTR, CRT stops, the the masks stop, the vaccine stops, all the debate stops, and we make sure that that kid feels comfortable because that's, at the end of the day, if our kids do not feel safe, all the other stuff is a waste of time. Why even talk about it? What do we need a football field for if everyone's afraid in school, right? We have to make sure that kids are safe. Okay. Um, another comment about a mask mandate. Um, there was a child that went up and talked about masks. That was a very, very, um, but again, this is so weird because I don't want to say it was like a great, it wasn't a great comment. It was a terrible comment. It was horrifying. I mean, the, ki- the kid is courageous. You know, He's, he's cor- for going up there and doing that that was fantastic. But the, the content of the comment was heartbreaking that this kid is nosebleeds and ear problems, and everything else from the math. It, It, it's one of those things where like, you know, courageous for the kid, but like, Oh, just heartbreaking to hear it. And, um, you know, if you listen to that carefully, this is one of the reasons why I like watching the the, um, the meetings on the on live stream on the computer. I do go to them occasionally, but I like watching them on a live stream because you get to pick up a lot of things that you don't get to pick up in the room. And you can hear Dr. Secor when they... Right in the middle of the kids... I don't know if the kid was talking. I think the, I think the mother was talking. But right after the kid was done speaking, he just said, Sigh. like, when is this going to be over? Like, sighing into the microphone. You don't hear that when you're in the room. So... Um, I would definitely watch that. That that was probably my favorite comment. Again, it's so weird to talk about it that way, right? But it was, it was the most moving part of the of the night for me, when that child went up there and 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 said what he said. And I feel terrible for that child, and I just hope and pray every single day that somebody steps up and protects uh, uh, somebody in power, somebody on the board, not not the parents up there protecting or every uh, the child every day, but somebody on the board steps up and says this is not right. I hope somebody does that and somebody does something about it. All right. Um, more stuff about diversity, equity, inclusion, and doxing people, which is dumb. Um, mask breaks at two two hours and twenty minutes. If you need a break from a medical device, you're probably not using the right medical device. You ever think about that? Right. Again, this is one of those things where it's like you're fighting the wrong battle. I understand we have to get what we can get. Let's not fight. I'm not. I'm not. That's not the hill I'm dying on. I'm not dying on the mask break hill. I'm dying on the get the mask off the kids' faces, period, hill, right? I don't want to sit here and distract everybody by fighting about when a mask break could be. Should the kids get mask breaks? Well, I I guess, but we should just take them off all the kids. Or make not whoever wants to wear them can wear them. Whoever doesn't want to wear them doesn't wear them. But we need to—that's the fight we need to have. We can't have this—it's like— you know, you have a bullet wound in your stomach, but you're 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 putting a Band-Aid over a hangnail on your finger, right? Don't do that. You got to fix the bullet wound in your stomach because you're going to bleed out and die. Same thing here. We have to fight the battle that's the main issue, which is having the kids be forced to wear masks. Let's stop that. And we should stop everything while that's going on until that issue is fixed. No bond, no talk about it, anything else until kids can go to school without covering their face. Simple as that. All right, guys, so that's pretty much it for the board meeting breakdown. For the board meeting of 11... November 9, 2021. Um, If you have any comments, concerns, issues, you can shoot me an email at kennycannonsmithtown at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, same name, Kenny Cannon Smithtown. You can also follow us on Facebook, Kenny Cannon Smithtown. And if you want to be on the show, if you're a concerned parent, um, concerned taxpayer, teacher, doctor, lawyer, whatever, you want to come on and say your piece, you have an open forum to do so. And I will be glad to have the conversation with you. Whether we agree or disagree, that's okay. We will uh, do it civilly and peacefully, and we will probably laugh about some stuff and then come out of the end of it as friends. So you're more than welcome to come on the show. Just shoot us an email at KennyCannonSmithTown at gmail.com, and we will set you up with a time that's good for both of us. All right, that is all for now, and we'll talk soon. Take care.